Hey, this is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. I can't believe it's episode 50, buddy. How you doing? That's a big milestone, but we're not going to celebrate that big milestone yet. Uh, but 50 episodes is crazy. I'm doing great. How are you, Matt? Doing well. Doing well. Uh, another good week has gone by. Can't wait to catch up, see what's going on with you. I love the new website, by the way. Yeah, we're going to get into that later on. Uh, I, I officially launched uh, the my website after uh, talking about it, which feels like for weeks and weeks on this podcast, but it's it's up and it's running. Uh, but we'll go into the uh, different elements of that and some of the decisions and that whole process because uh, it was it was kind of illuminating as that goes. But uh, like I said, fifty episodes is normally when like podcasts do like a big to do, big to da. Um, a tada sounds fun for a magic. A podcast. to do and a tada. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but we're gonna hold off on that for two more episodes because fifty-two means it's a full year, and of course, playing cards. It all comes That's back right. to playing cards. <laughs> fifty-two cards <laughs> in a deck. Some magic and mind reading podcast. What do you expect? Uh, but maybe we'll have some fun surprises. Uh, we're gonna encourage you right away if you have any like. Highlights over the past year, uh, email us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com um, just to see what you guys uh, enjoyed, uh, why you're still listening. Uh, you know, we love to hear from you. And then, uh, you know, we'll we'll be able to touch upon some of those uh, kind of year in review stuff if we end up doing one of those. Uh, but we got lots, lots planned uh, coming up. So uh, stay tuned. Yeah. I'm tuned, man. We just started. I'm definitely still tuned. Yeah, good. Well, that's why I wanted to put it right up front. <laughs> <laughs> I am tuned as I can be. You are all right? tuned. What's new with you? What's going on? Uh, you know, it's been a week. Had some good stuff going on. I, I do want to tell you about what we did last Friday night. I don't mm. know if you want me to get into it right now, but I can. Sure, let's do it. Let's get let's get that started. Dirty at twelve thirty, my friend. I what? Dirty at twelve thirty. I like the rhyme, but yeah. what what is that? <laughs> Dirty at twelve thirty is an event I went to last Friday night. It's at uh, South Point Casino, and it's at ten thirty p.m. Mm. Oh yeah, not well, twelve thirty. Uh, that's misleading. Then <laughs> here's the deal. Here's the deal. So what it is? It's a comedy show. Okay. Yeah. Sort of a no rules comedy. Uh, it's typically quite raunchy. Apparently I've only been once, but what a great time it was. And normally it's at 1230, but Makes because sense. they're, I don't know if they're doing construction in the room or whatever. So they're performing in a different theater for the time being it's at 1030 right now, which is great for me Yeah, because it's, it's not too late earlier showtime. You're not out, you know, to the wee hours of the morning. Like I usually am. <laughs> well, that's the thing, regardless of even when it goes back to 1230, I, I think it's going to be something you're going to want to do when you find yourself in town. Oh, okay. So so um, it's just stand-up? Just stand-up. Oh, very good. And There's an MC who hosts it. His name is uh, Gabe Lopez, not mm-hmm. to be confused with uh, George Lopez's son, who is also Gabe Lopez. Oh, really? I didn't even know that. That's yep. funny. <laughs> um, and he's a, a great MC, and he brings in um, different comics from different places. And, uh, you know, in the particular show I saw, there were two comics and a headliner, uh, plus the MC, and just a great time. And, uh, you know, it's it's just, it's it's comedy. It's one of those things where they say, like, look, if you're easily offended, you're in the wrong place. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, it, that's always good to put that out there at the forefront. <laughs> yeah, they put it out there several times. There was a decent amount of crowd work, which was nice. Oh, fun. Because, nope. you know, it's a, a little bit of a rowdier crowd at times, uh, and they respond back to those people. It was sure. it was really enjoyable and just a fun fun thing to do. We're actually going to go again. Nice. Take advantage of the 1030 time slot because it's a little <laughs> earlier and uh, bring, um, you know, we're going to go with some of our, our team from the show. Oh, that's really fun. After, after our show, we'll head over there. It's kind of a little bit of a... An industry night, if you will. Yeah, yeah. I but like I think that. you're going to, it's just a fun night out for when you're in town, too. And then we can talk about it here as well, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely add it to the list. I feel like my Vegas list is just getting longer and longer for this. What else are you doing at 1230? You could literally see like three shows that day and still go. <laughs> That's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and the rotate, uh, the lineup rotates or. Yeah, rotates yeah. all the time, except the MC. Oh, 
By the way, 100% yeah. free. What? 100% free. How, how, how are they making money after this? I don't know. And I mean really <laughs> free. I don't, I don't mean comedy club free. Like two drink two minimum. Drink minimum. Yeah, yeah. No. I mean it's a free show, always 100% free. Wow. And yeah, what a great time it was. We had a blast. And are they like uh, like roasting the audience? Is there a bit of that going on, or not yeah. in the show that I yeah. saw? Yeah. Um, not to say that there couldn't be, sure. like, because like you know, like you said, it's always kind of rotating mm-hmm. uh, different comics in and out. And that's the other thing too. I think I'm. Uh, this is my take on it: is that the the host is um, probably uh, probably a great guy to work with, and probably been in uh, stand up for quite some time, so knows a lot of people. So like. Any any comedian who's in town doing his gig is done by that time, and if they want to swing by and do a set at that time, yeah, maybe that's one of the reasons it's late, you know. Yeah, that that reminds me a little bit of um, uh, the, there was a show in New York, uh, Whiplash, where it was just kind of like this alt room kind of uh, you know comedians would drop into it because it was just like it was such a friendly crowd. It was in it was at UCB when they were down in the basement, um, and it was just like all these big headliners would just like finish a show at like Caroline's or Gotham or whatever and then just like pop into this show to do a, f- a little bit of time and it's kind of like this big community kind of building around it so that sounds mm-hmm. a little bit like this but a little little dirtier because it's in the title although if the time is misleading maybe maybe there's some clean comics too only two more <laughs> weeks of the 10 30 okay yeah but yeah now I've been anxious to tell you about it but also if any of our listeners are finding themselves in Vegas and you want something to do late night on a Friday and you enjoy comedy and are not easily offended 100% recommend it we had a we had an absolute blast going to this thing so oh, that is so fun and all the comics hang out afterwards at the bar across the way as well oh great for so what it's worth you can mix and mingle do it that yeah way. if you so choose Great. That's so fun. That's mm-hmm. that's a fun activity. Uh, but speaking of activities, we do have a correction from last episode, Matt. Ah. Because uh, we got into some bowling talk. And uh, I believe we I conflated or whatever. We, we There's a difference between 10-pin versus candle pin versus duck pin. Those are all different types of bowling. Did you know that? Um, I know duck pin and I know <laughs> what's the other one? Candle pin or 10-pin. Um, no, I only know duck pin because that's what I grew up with, with the small balls. Yeah. Um, candle pin also has small balls and it's kind of like more geared in Massachusetts. So that's what I was more familiar with. But 10 pin Mm. is like what people just think of when it's like bowling, bowling, like, uh, you know, the big ball, three holes, you throw it down and it's got Mm -hmm. those like kind of like, um, normal shaped pins. Right. And then Mm -hmm. candle pin, the pins are just like straight up and down like a like a candle pretty much mm-hmm. which is why they're mm-hmm. called that they use the small balls you throw three and uh you leave the pins and then like you use the pins that are on the ground to help like knock down the other ones and then duck pins kind of in the middle so they have like the short squat little pins uh but you're still using the small balls. so i just wanted to throw that out there i know there's other types of bowling too uh but that is beyond the scope of this podcast Matt, because we're not a bowling podcast but just wanted to throw it out there for our bowling enthusiasts, so they didn't get mad at us. <laughs> I almost went again last night, but I didn't do it. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. We talked about it, but we didn't go. Mm-hmm. Um, so. The another fun activity I did is uh, I got to go to the movies yet again. <laughs> I'm, Beautiful. I'm back into the movie game, and uh, I got a special free ticket because I ended up uh, through a, through a course of decisions and points that were left over that were expiring. I ended up signing up for the D23, which is the Disney fan club. So I got a free, com- with that membership, I got a free complimentary ticket and get to see the 40th anniversary of Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark in the movie theater, which was really, really fun. I feel like you and I talked about Indiana Jones recently. I think at the end of last episode, I told you I was going, or after we were done recording, I told you I was going to this. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, I ashamed to even ask, have you seen any of the Indiana Jones movies, Matt? No. In fact, I recall <laughs> you. I I asked if it had any correlation to like George of the Jungle or Jungle Book or any of those things or yeah. Rambo. I will say he does swing on a vine, but it's mm-hmm. normally his whip. And uh, you just need to see the movie. It's it's a fantastic watch. It still holds up. It's uh, 
It's great. It's such a good adventure. I mean, you know a lot of the iconic things from it, I'm sure, just because it seeps into pop culture. But uh, boy, was it fun to see it in the theater with a whole bunch of Indiana Jones uh, uh, fans. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, as like the social distancing restrictions, I think we're we're pretty much done in New York now. We just hit 70%, so there's no more restrictions. But there was, when I still watch this, the uh, the gentleman next to us even had a fedora so it was very ah. much in theme <laughs> now there were a lot of people at the theater because this was an event basically yeah it's also they do like these big events at uh the time in Times square at the theater mm-hmm. there which is not my favorite one because it's like in the middle of all the touristy stuff and like so many people go so there was i mean there was lines for concessions and then because they had covid protocols after you got your drink you had to wait in another line for the employees mm-hmm. to like pour your drink from the like the soda machine <laughs> and it was just mm-hmm. like i was with a friend and he is he'd never seen it he's like you uh but i was like you go ahead because you can't miss the opening sequence with right. the, like the giant ball and all that stuff it's like i've seen it i'll i'll get our drinks from the, this long soda fountain line uh but no he uh, i made it in time for the ball rolling which is uh which was fun you ever bring your own food to the movie theater we used to sneak some in you know, a little snacky snack, but at this point, I want the points. <laughs> when I went to Cruella, yeah, right. When I went to Cruella, I really was craving pizza, which they, I, I don't, they didn't have it at like the concession. They mm-hmm. had like nachos, this and that, and I really wanted pizza. So this was in the in the casino, Red Rock Casino. So I went over the food court, and I figured I'd get a slice, but they didn't have like slice boxes, so they gave me like a full pizza box for my two slices of pizza. <laughs> And I had to walk into the movie theater with an actual pizza box. Oh, man. Were people giving you the look? No one stopped me, but I don't know if it's like, okay, because I bought it from 20 feet away. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. like I smuggled it in from outside. I, I literally bought it like on the property, just not from the same right. exact <laughs> establishment. So I didn't know what the rules were, but no one gave me a problem. So it was okay. But I felt like a jerk doing it. You should have like gone up to someone and be like, uh, your delivery's here. <laughs> you know what I did guy? do? You know what I did do? I took all of our drinks. Mm-hmm. And I put because there were four of us, and I put them on the pizza box as if it was a tray. There you go. That 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 was my way of thinking. Oh, this will just be casual. Yeah. No one will question this. Less conspicuous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and let's be honest, the ticket taker doesn't usually, you know, they're not really, yeah, caring, right? Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's they one. Care. It's, it's it could be one way or the other. I think most people when they're doing their jobs is just like as long as it doesn't get me fired. <laughs> you know right that's, that's it's all about the self-preservation there <laughs> exactly that's true um uh let's jump into did you catch agt this week i didn't i know there was a magic thing more magic on agt uh this is a performer named Klek entos and uh i've actually seen this person before because they were also on prince has got talent uh but it's a uh it's a it's a character. It's definitely like a character act. And uh, uh, I'll just set the scene for those who didn't see it. Uh, he's wearing this white mask that uh, when he breathes through it, like these ink spots pop up on it. So he's very yeah. much like Rorschach from like Watchmen or just a, like a Rorschach test or anything like that. So it's like his. it's completely over his whole face. And he's like wearing this nice smart suit. Uh, but he's got like. He comes out like dragging an axe and it's like a deep modulated, you know, scary voice that's like kind of dubbed over him. And like all the all the the production of AGT like went over the top with like when he walks on stage, like all the lights flickered. They even cut to the sound booth where the guy's like, what's going on with the monitors? <laughs> you know? like, oh, my God. That was, that was a little ridiculous. But um, but then uh, he comes out and he hits play on a tape and then his voice comes out of the, the tape uh, recording and he basically goes through the act. He has a box. He has Heidi put her hand in and pull out a sheet of paper. Uh, and then he has Sophia drop some ink uh, droplets on the paper. And then he takes it and he puts it into like a little press to like mm-hmm. make a ink blot test. And he opens mm-hmm. it up and asks Terry what he sees mm-hmm. in there. And then uh, in the in the in the ink blot, and Terry says a spider, 
Then he mm-hmm. opens up the box where Heidi had just put her hands, and inside is a giant tarantula. Ooh. <laughs> like a giant spider. And then he takes that, and they're all freaking out because it's moving between his hands. And then suddenly, smoke appears through his hands, and the tarantula vanishes. And he goes back He vanishes an actual tarantula? Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then basically all the, the judges were like, we are scared of you. We would never say no to you. <laughs> like, we, right, right. is the tarantula still around? Can you just tell us that? Like, it just did, you didn't just drop it on the stage by us, you know, by our seats. They were, like, freaking out. But, uh, you know, everyone looked shocked. So I, I it's, it reminds me of a lot of acts. Like, um, they had, like, the sacred Rihanna a few seasons yes. back. And she was all about, like, the horror aesthetic. And then um, on Britain's Got Talent, uh, one of my favorite acts they've had is uh, Mark Spellman came back as like this X character who kind of had like a voice modulation thing with a mask and was kind of like mysterious. So it kind of seems like a combination of those two type of things, but uh, uh, it definitely fills a, a role for the show. Oh, and definitely. I, and I think I think it'll get through at least to the. Um, to the live rounds uh, because, you know, just to have uh, something different to break up a lot of these acts and like be like, oh, we're going to switch to the horror genre a little mm-hmm. bit with magic is interesting. Now, I do know who the person is, the real oh, person. Oh, you do? Yes, but I don't know if that's a surprise and I was not supposed to say it or not. So, <laughs> And if really? it's the same person that was on Francis Got Talent. Do I know the person? You know the, you would know the name, yeah. I would. Yeah. Should Are they just... from the States? No, they're from France. I can't think, wow, <laughs> who that could possibly be. Young, like our age? or uh, Probably a bit older. Yeah. But not like old. Yeah. You'll have to you'll have to tell me off air. I'm dying to know. Yeah, I don't want to cool. ruin the surprise. I mean, I don't, I guess magicians probably know. And if I said it to our non-magician listeners, they wouldn't know who it is anyway. So. <laughs> right, right. But uh, I'll save the surprise just in case he does reveal himself at the end. But Well, I you doubt. don't really know for sure. You just know who it was in the past. And was it, was there a reveal on Franska Talent? Or there no? was a reveal. So it was, it was very similar to like the Mark Spellman thing where Spellman had been on the show before and then uh. came back as a character that no one knew who this has this person person been on the show so he had been on this guy had been on francis got talent i believe and then uh he took off the mask and revealed himself but he's not been on america's got talent before so a reveal i don't think would have the same impact because the american audience would be like who (laughs) since you don't know for sure how about we do initials Oh, I know for sure he hasn't been on AGT. No, no, you don't know for sure who this is, though, because they could have, you know, recast oh, yeah. the character, uh, essentially. DS, I believe. Okay. All right, so I'll tell you off air. That's fine. But also, I don't think they were ever going to reveal. He's not <laughs> from France, but Dan Sperry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's been, on up. Sh- he's been on AGT. Oh, you're right. And he you're does right. face paint. He doesn't need a mask. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. I, I, I Yeah. It's, I uh, there's just mystery around him. I think that's the whole point. Of I think it's going to be a strong magic year because there are four at least strong magic genre things already. And I know of one I, more coming up. If oh, they, you do. If they make the cut. Yeah. Right. Um. That makes it. You know. I think that makes it challenging for magic to rise to the top because there are so many good ones. Yeah. Because it's kind of splitting that magic vote a bit. Exactly. Exactly. Well, on your season one, you have like a, you had at least three. You were up against it, at least two others by the end. It was you know? indeed another strong one. Yeah. yeah, it was indeed another strong year. Um, but you know, when it came down to that final episode, I was the last one standing. Oh, did you win, Matt? Did you win America's? Got no, 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 no. I mean, <laughs> oh, no, for the final. I mean, in yeah. the final episode, <laughs> yeah, 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 before yeah. anyone was crowned, it was just me <laughs> and all music. I thought you were being so coy. Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. I remember because I was there in Radio City. Uh, That's a lot harder to do when yeah. the final episode there are like, you know, four. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like the reverse effect. I, you know, all those four music acts or five music acts, we're you know, are competing. The music act. Yeah, yeah, music a vote. little bit yeah. split that vote. So, anyway, super strong year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see that act you just told me about. Yeah, yeah, we had on our season, we had four that made it into like the live rounds, but then as things went on, I was the only one who went on to the semifinals. Ooh, we have another Olympic year this year, don't we? Just like your season. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah, because on my season, they tried to do two things. We lost two weeks, essentially. 
I think that'll happen this year too, right? Well, they all they we lost a week for the Olympics, but then we also lost a week because they were still doing that YouTube round because they're trying to uh, discover someone like Jackie Ivanko again, uh, mm-hmm. who they submitted through YouTube and then became such a you know big operatic star, you know. But uh, that's uh, so so the normal competitors kind of took a week off and they brought in these these YouTube submission round. Uh, people but that's where you got like to see a crazy act like rudy kobe who is you know legendary in the magic world which was fun uh but uh but you know i don't think went exactly the way he wanted it to on the show which is unfortunate uh but you know rudy's great um but yeah so so yeah i it's it's so weird that decision but they don't even do the youtube round anymore so that they might just like lose one week or so for the olympics but I don't know if they're pushing the Olympics even like further back, so it might even be after uh, mm. the season's done. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Who does know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We shall see. Cool, Matt. Um, well, that's our AGT talk. <laughs> we okay. did another another wrap up there. Um, I've been watching just so much stuff, Matt. I've been watching AGT. I uh, I'm getting into game shows. Okay, getting into. Oh, getting into. I mean, I'm already into game shows, let's be honest. I like all games. But I watched a new one called Small Fortune. Do you know anything about this? Not at all. This is a uh, show hosted by Lil Rel. Do you know who Lil Rel, how he is? No. Okay, did you see Get Out? I don't know what that is. Okay. (laughs) This is Jordan Peele horror movie. He's uh, like the friend who plays the cop. Uh, he was also in that uh, Eric Andre Bad Trip movie I was telling you about. Uh, he's, I he's saw parts of that. Hilarious comedian. He's the friend. He's Eric Andre's friend. Uh, well, Rock. from Key and Peele, right? No, no, no. That's Jordan Peele and Keegan Michael Key. <laughs> that is Jordan Peele. You said Jordan Peele directed Get Out. Oh, I got yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But this is Lil Rel. Lil Rel is the host of a game called Small Fortunes, and it's basically little games on little dioramas where the game show contestants have to do little tests, whether it's like, you know, uh, flick a little piece of dynamite to hit a safe in the big huh. end challenge, or they have to, like, sometimes, like, rock walk down a runway with their fingers, but they're blindfolded so they can't see where they're supposed to stop their fingers so they Ah. get like multiple chances to practice and then when they hit the red button it's like for the money and if they can either do it or not so it's like these little challenges but it reminded me of a game show called minute to win it which you should know the host of that which is guy fietti oh (laughs) which was a show growing up but anyway, I just tweeted out randomly that I was like, oh, instead of Small Fortunes, they co- should have called this show Mini to Win It. And I tagged Lil Rel, and he commented back. He goes, no, that's not a good name. Small Fortune's way better. <laughs> so I thought that that's was, awesome. That was really, really funny that he, he commented back. And I was like, you're right. It's a fun show. So we had a little, little Twitter exchange. Is he the main guy in Bad Trip? Eric Andre is the main character. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Lil okay. Rel's his best buddy. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but uh, it's it's kind of a buddy comedy, you know. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I like that a lot, and that was a fun little interaction. And then, um, beautiful. You also watched the Bo Burnham special because I was going to bring this up. What were your thoughts? This is Bo Burnham's inside. Oh man, I don't know. The guy's brilliant. You know, I don't even know. I don't even know how to like evaluate. I'd have to watch it again to even evaluate it. It's like. It took me to another planet, basically. But so did his previous special that I watched. Yeah. This one All right, I'll give you this. So you looking Go ahead. Yeah. I'll give you this. This is one thing I noticed right off the bat was like I, I hadn't seen his pre- one of any of his previous specials in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do remember like the lighting and stuff he does and the way he incorporates it is sort of iconic to me. And seeing this special that he essentially did like himself at home. Yeah. You can now see his influence on like the stage production that he's done in the past. It really is him. It's not like there he's just going to a lighting designer and say, "Do what you want." He's saying, "I want it to look like this, this, and this yeah, specifically." Exactly. Because he's sort of doing that. You can see how much he really has a hand in that. How much that is his style. Yeah. For those of you who haven't seen it, I would encourage you to watch it. It might be one of the best things I've seen, you know, in a long time. And it's why like, it it goes past the genre of you know just comedy special and it's like this weird introspective art piece that combines all the things that Bo Burnham 
loves and does with his musical comedy. And then there's like social political takes on things. And then all just the production elements of like you're saying where he's controlling all the lighting and every aspect and the different film angles. Like there's that artistic side to it too. And then on top of that, you also just see the struggle of the process, which is so raw. And the fact that he created every element of this himself. I mean, like I was just like jealous of how good this was. <laughs> like it's how so good, how like I was inspired to be like, cause I've been like trying to write my own kind of one person thing uh, that's different than my state show right now. Uh, and just like to see, that like he did it and like I was such a long way to go. And like the fact that it, you know, it took him, he thought it was a few months and it ended up taking a whole year to almost to do this. And just like, Oh, it's so raw and honest. And you don't see that side of people sometimes when they're putting on that stage persona or whatever that, you know, people kind of hide behind. Yeah. I mean, uh couple things like the other thing too like it's funny i just there are moments like where he's just literally performing in a pigsty <laughs> and you're like where is he is this in his actual house is this like a studio like a casita that he had like what is this space i'm pretty sure it's a guest house he had and it's just yeah, like an like, actual house and he like you're saying he just has equipment littered everywhere and he's like kind of bumping into light setups he has and like trying to move around and then he goes into his little kitchen and like has a quick you know bowl of cereal and he's like literally sleeping there too and oh, you wild. can tell the incredible amount of work that go went into like the intricacies of the lighting and the way it was shot mm -hmm. and the sound and everything yet at the same time there were just cords everywhere and equipment everywhere yeah. it just was really something and then which was just interesting to me but also like was all did you interpret all of it as real in other words like just the some of the more raw moments where it's like you're witnessing, you know, him getting upset about something or whatever. Like, did you interpret that to just be a real moment that was caught on camera? Yeah, because I think he was filming a lot of stuff as he was doing it. I think he just took some of those moments and threw them in the final edit. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. what I got. No, I did too. Yeah. I did too, if I had to guess. Yeah. But I don't like, know. Like, I don't think it was staged to be that. No, no. For, it felt for, really for, raw. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, it was something. I don't. I mean, even just the lyrically, you just take one of the songs, and mm -hmm. there's really a lot of brilliance there. I know there's so much, and the songs are catchy. Like he's got such a good form of like writing music, and it sounds modern and poppy, and it's not like just a standard like verse chorus, you know, kind of thing. It's it's there's some really intricate musical stuff going on there too. You just reminded me of that. Like, there are just hit songs laden throughout the special. Like, it's just like, oh, this is a hit song. Yeah. It's a joke. It's never going to be a quote-unquote hit song. But right. this this l literally could have been used as a hit song if it wasn't this. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? That's, that's crazy. I, I got to... I, I want to rewatch it, but it, it takes a lot out of you, I think, too. Me, too. Yeah, I mean, no, I can't rewatch it. Uh, I'll probably rewatch it at some point, but it's just right. it's so good. It's so good. I, I'm so impressed uh, with that. So Yeah, now, have you followed him since he kind of came onto the scene as a, I think he was a YouTube star, yeah? Yeah, he kind of made that transition from YouTube to, like, you know, headlining comedian, really. Mm -hmm. He was, like, one of the first people. So I, I remember catching him a little bit after his YouTube prevalence, like, when he was already doing, like, Comedy Central specials, but, you know... I'd, I had kind of been aware, but I hadn't followed all of his specials and just kind of knew he was out there. And then I saw, you know, I got, you know, even more respect for him when he like started directing and he directed that movie Eighth Grade, which I saw in the theaters. And like, so I knew there was like this artistic side to him too. And then just to see that all kind of culminate and then how he was dealing with the lockdown and the pandemic and, you know, having just like, all this equipment like how cool would it be to have he had that the the drawers where it's just like it seemed like he had every cord he could possibly need in the right the, the cabinet there <laughs> right so good uh yeah yeah i he the first time i had ever seen him he was uh on the cover of campus activities magazine believe it or not no way that's so funny <laughs> very young at the time yeah. it was you know when you and i met maybe 11 years ago ish and mm -hmm. uh he was on the cover of one of those magazines maybe he was doing some college stuff right before us. Right. Yeah, that's Does that probably true. Make sense? 
Yeah, I mean, especially when YouTube, you know, really elevated him. Like that's mm-hmm. who was watching YouTube at the time was all the right. you know that that genre that uh, that audience. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those songs could be hits. And watch this, ready. Speaking of hit songs, we've got a hit song from my brother because it's time for Diddle Me This. Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt Riddles? All right, I don't know how I feel about this riddle. Uh, I, I, I picked it because there's a fun name in it, but we'll see how you do. Chumbo is the stupidest mule in the world, yet he is tied to his, uh, yet when he is tied to his three foot rope, he is able to eat from the bucket of oats six feet away. How does he do it? Isn't Chumbo a great name? It is. <laughs> like Chumbo Wumba. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Chumbo. When he's tied to his three-foot rope, he's able to reach his bucket, which is six feet away. Yeah, his bucket of oats. His bucket of oats is six feet away from what? From him. And he's tied to a three-foot rope. Got it. Yes. Okay. I want to hear So he is six feet from the bucket, but the rope is tethered three feet from the bucket of oats. Therefore, he can stand six feet away from the bucket, but can also reach the bucket. Oh, that's interesting. So you're saying that, like, if you're picturing, like, a circle and the rope is tied to the middle, he's on one side of the diameter, but the Mm -hmm. bucket's on the other side of the diameter. So he can just move with the rope to the bucket. That's correct. That is a, I would give you that solution. It's not the, the actual solution. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I would give it to you, though. That makes sense to me. Well, but, let me ask you this. Is there anything that says that, like, the rope is tethered six feet away? That's the riddle part. <laughs> oh. So I will give, I, I'm going to, one, give it to you. Because okay, I okay. Like, the, like the thinking. Okay. But I'm going to change it slightly. Okay. Because I want to read it again because it's such a fun name. And also, I think this is an important part, too. Chumbo is the stupidest mule. Oh. <laughs> they just call him a stupid mule. Uh, poor mules. <laughs> they, they don't forgot get a that lot, fact. They don't get a lot of respect, these mules. Um, Chumbo is the stupidest mule in the world. Yet, when he is tied to his three-foot rope, he is able to eat from the bucket of oats that is nine feet away. How does he do it? So I'm changing it slightly just to, to make the point of what this riddle is really going the stupidest mule. Yeah. And read it one more time after stupidest mule. Yeah. And with my update. Uh, yet when he is tied to his three-foot rope, he is able to eat from the bucket of oats nine feet away. I see. The so rope six. is not tethered to anything. <laughs> Correct. He's just tied <laughs> to the rope. And the rope isn't tethered. <laughs> so he just walks over to it. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay. That, that was a, that's an okay riddle. It's not my yeah, favorite. Yeah, not bad. That's not my favorite. But um, it does remind me of uh, in the circus world, apparently, that's one of the big things why they thought there was like animal cruelty and everything like that. But um, like for elephants, when they were young, they would have them like, you know, tethered to, or spiked down with, a, you know, a rope so they couldn't wander away. But then as the elephant grew... It could clearly just pull the stake out because it's so strong, but because it like knew that its whole life, it still like was restricted or felt like contained. So wow. it was kind of like they were controlling these huge elephants with like hope. It seemed right, right? <laughs> instead of rope, <laughs> just hope. Um, right, but that's that's back when elephants were part of the circus, and now right. you know, it's much more animal humane. So right, uh, great. Let's jump into our trivia. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, 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 trivia, pressure, trivia time. I think this one's way too easy for you, but I really think it's a good question. Is it about candle pin bowling? Because I'm now an expert. <laughs> it's a, uh, it incorporates television and a famous movie. Oh, okay. I'm down. I'm on board. 
Um, I'm not going to give you choices. Whoa. All right. I, uh, I feel like I, 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 this might be way too easy, okay. but Let's... I'm going to toss it at you. Yeah. And uh, I think it's a good, I think it's a solid trivia question, despite the fact that it's in your wheelhouse. Great. Okay. What TV show was Jack Nicholson referencing when he ad-libbed Here's Johnny in The Shining? Oh, that's really easy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's really easy. That is The Tonight Show. With? With Johnny Carson. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, late night stuff. Come on, I know late night. I I know, I know. Famous movie, a late night reference. I knew it was going to be too easy for you, but I've hit you with some hard ones in previous weeks. I thought this one would be, you know, a good one to throw yeah. in, just because. I'm mean, look. It references the Tonight Show, Johnny Carson, Jack Nicholson. It's a it's a solid question. Right, and you um you definitely are not the didn't consider me the stupidest mule. <laughs> no, not, not on this one. No. <laughs> now, who used to say, "Here's Johnny"? Uh, wasn't that Ed McMahon? Was it Ed McMahon? Yeah, I think so. Wow. <laughs> if that's true, you've got to uh, hit the little bring sound again because yeah. that would be I gotta, that'd be I, I gotta extra look it up. bonus. Do you know any of the other? Can you name other uh, Tonight Show hosts? Um. Yeah, and, Jay and Leno. Bet bonus points if you could do it in reverse order. Reverse order? <laughs> yeah, from like current to. Oh god! Reverse, I mean, yeah. I would start with Fallon. Before that would be Jay Leno, but I couldn't tell you who was right before Jay Leno. Well, there was someone in between Jay Leno. No, too. wait a minute. Wait, Conan O'Brien? Yeah, Conan hosted for a little bit. Okay, so when that it was went, a whole thing. Right. It went Fallon, Conan, Jay Leno, and then I couldn't tell you who was before Leno. Can you give me a hint? Uh, you just asked a trivia question about him. Oh, so it was Carson? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, I could have said Carson, but I didn't know if there was someone in between. Heck, I didn't even realize Conan was in between Fallon and <laughs> Leno, so now I'm thinking, oh, there's definitely someone between Carson and Leno, but I guess not. Well, that was, uh, if you, there was the whole late night wars of who was going to get Johnny Carson's seat, you know, and yeah. that's where, you know, Leno and Letterman were both kind of vying for it. They made movies about that. There's books about mm-hmm. it there. Uh, how about before Carson? Any idea? Hmm. No. Uh, ever heard the name Jack Parr? I have heard that name. Yeah. Uh, Jack Parr. And then before, then then things get a little bit dicey because I know it was Jack, Jack Parr. And then uh, I think there was a f- bunch of kind of hosts that I, I didn't really know because I just knew like who started the Tonight Show, which was Steve Allen. Uh, but I'm I'm looking up now. Ernie Kovacs, Jack. I'm not going to pronounce these names. Al Collins, and then it got to Jack Parr. <laughs> but um, anyway, that's a little bit bonus trivia for everyone there. And beautiful. Uh, yeah. Was it really Ed McMahon? Did we get a confirmation on uh, that? Or you're not sure? I'm pretty sure it is, but I I I can't find it right now. Ed McMahon yeah. was the host of Star Search. Yes. Yeah. And he was mm-hmm. kind of he was uh yeah he was the um co-host essentially. He was the Andy Richter to uh, the Conan as, uh, you know, for, right. for Johnny Carson. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, anyway, great. Cool. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, Good. L- let's touch upon this real quick. Uh, I'll hit this button. The mailbag. I've got mail. Uh, just wanted to say we got a quick uh, message from uh, Welp Magazine. which Oh, Oh, Welp Magazine. Yeah, Welp Magazine. Wow. That has the 20 best performing podcasts of 2021, and we're on the list for performing podcasts. So, no, we're not. Yeah. We're, I mean, I don't know if they're ranked in order. We're definitely far down the page. Well, <laughs> but, you can only be so far down if you're in the top 20. I mean. There you go. Yeah. So uh, we made a top 20. That's so unbelievable. That, that's something. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that that calls for a huge thank you to anyone that's hearing this right now. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening. And wealthmagazine.com. You can see we're not making this up. Yeah, 20 I, best performing podcasts. Does that mean top like like we performed the best or does it mean we have to do with performance? Like I think sub, it's subject? Yeah, I think it's the the latter. It has to do okay. with performance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. guess it's both, performing yeah. in performance. 
Exactly. I think that's, <laughs> that's probably right. I don't know if we get an award or anything, but we're on a website. So that's we're nice. on a website. Yeah. Um, speaking of <laughs> speaking of websites, let's uh, get into my website. I officially launched my website. Uh, I'll you can just go to ericdittleman.com if you want to take a look. Uh, we talked a little bit about what I was going with, like when I was first developing and designing it and how we were talking about how websites are more just like a, a calling card these days and kind of a, a you know, just a just a, a resting place for people to go and kind of just see what you're about. So they don't have to be anything like super intricate. So I went with a kind of a one page design. Uh, but uh, Matt, your thoughts. Unbelievable, man. I'm on it right now. I was on it before we logged on just to get caught up on everything on this. And like, first of all, amazing job, super high end. If you're listening to this right now and you're near a phone or a computer, like if you're listening to this on your phone, you can literally listen while you go and go to ericdittleman.com. Great color scheme. Shout out to Mindy Tucker on the photos. I know. They're so great photos. Mindy's so good, and she does so many comedy portraits and everything like that. So, like, this was a little bit out of her wheelhouse because, like, I was in a suit. So, right. like, she's just used to, like, kind of the casual comedy stuff. But, uh, no, but she's she's awesome. She's a rock star. Logo looks fantastic. Loving the, the Ellen and the Kelly and Ryan and the AGT. All that stuff sort of in the same color scheme. Mm-hmm. Looks amazing. Yeah, we um, went with this light blue neon um Kind of going with this late night host vibe too, like since we were yes. just talking about the Tonight Show of just like because uh, my brand and especially the the purpose behind this site in particular is to kind of from the from the kind of comicy sort of schlubby look I was going for before. This is a little bit more polished, more ge- geared towards um, not only my colleges but more corporate stuff as well. So that's mm-hmm. what I was really trying to accomplish here. So so blending the comedy element with you know kind of a more refined suit was i i kind of looked towards late night for that so yeah and i love that backdrop i don't know if you're cropped out and that's you know thrown in in post but that backdrop with a little bit of texture to it is really nice yeah it's really really cool um, is that in post that was done in post uh, although it's kind of a combination of the two because mindy actually did take that color and we painted it and did it behind me Except mm. it just only went so far, so then in post we kind of expanded it out. I mean, it's very classy. And shout I mean, out I don't to even... Phil huh? Smith. It's Phil Smith, um, who's in the magic world, uh, but he's a designer and uh, gra- you know graphic artist. Uh, he came up with a lot of the design, and we went back and forth on that. I, I love it. Job. I love it. Um, I don't know if you're ready for this. I mean, like this is. This is the this is the type of website you put something like this out there into the world and I mean it's pretty much time to add a zero to your price tag. Sure, I mean, yeah. This is, yeah, exactly. This is a whole nother level of class. You scroll down, you see a uh, uh, your reel, which the the thumbnail image, which it's actually larger than a thumbnail, is is you on Ellen. Uh, you go further down, you see performing on stage in Vegas at the Rio with Penn and Teller in the background. And then I love even just the little logos that are next to where you can see like stage close up and virtual. Yeah. Each of those, I don't know if those were custom created or not, but they look yeah. great. Yeah, that was from Phil. Phil designed those, and you know, still with the the neon, um, you know, look that everything matches, and uh, so good, so fun. Mm-hmm. Testimonials from Huffington Post, Rolling Stone magazine, celebrities. Uh, the picture of you and Stern is great. The picture of you right by about Eric Dittleman with the little bio is nice. Um, it's looking, it's looking in style, man. It's looking in style. I really, uh, I'm a fan of it. You go down, you know, Melissa Beer, your agent. I think it's a little unprofessional that her last name is Beer, but outside of that, <laughs> it's looking good. But also on brand. <laughs> also on brand. Yes, very much so. <laughs> um, very good. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it was, it's a lot of work, and uh, it's funny because the process is you have this idea of what you're going for, and talking back and forth with Phil about the design, and like really tweaking, like 
I had pretty much put together the elements of the logo the way I wanted it. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, he offered a bunch of other designs and takes on it, but we ended up going pretty close to what I initially had in my head. And then he just tweaked it and refined it even more, which is great. And he did such a good job with it. Um, Really, really nice. And then he just kind of took that aesthetic and, and brought it even further, following those elements that matched and getting that color scheme and everything throughout and uh you know real smart and then he basically he's not a coder so he just had like the idea of he gave me the the kind of the image of what we wanted the page to be like and then you run into the uh the the problem that the give and take that happens a lot with these kind of things where you have the design in your head and then what's actually possible when it comes to like in this case coding so you have to kind of figure out where those elements are where you're like all right this can't be exactly that design because of the way you know the coding won't let us do that so how do we get something close that still looks good and Mm -hmm. uh you know finding that that push and pull throughout Mm -hmm. so you know there's different compromises it's like with a magic trick in a way Mm -hmm. where you have an idea of what you want the effect to be done but the method doesn't let you do that so you got to figure out what the best possible version is and there's always going to be those little things like i noticed like the little things uh on it that was like oh we couldn't quite do that so we had to you know hedge our bets a little bit and do it this way and it's not exactly Mm -hmm. exactly the way i wanted but it's close enough, and I think right. no one's going to know that other than me and, you know, the, the original design. So, uh, but, yeah, I'm I'm very happy with that overall. It's looking very high-end. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's looking very high-end. Very, very good. Um, and, and even after I, I initially launched it, uh, uh, you know, like a, maybe like one or two, like my, you know, like my brother saw it and like maybe one other person they gave me a little other notes and we made adjustments there so like the contact at the top just mm-hmm. um, automatically jumps you down to that form at the bottom yep so i, I checked, clicked that. it yeah, yeah i clicked it to see where it took me oh also just like making sure all the links work is such a pain like, yeah because at the bottom of the page you can jump back up easily to the show reel and that, that i checked you, those as well yeah yeah those are like little <laughs> anchor things and then having the social media now that's a whole nother game is the social media part because then I wanted the aesthetic that of the new site to carry over to all my social media. So uh, if you right, actually click, click on those, you know, you'll see banner images, um, similar photos that I'm using as the profile photos. Uh, some, some a little bit more casual just because like, you know, Instagram, Twitter profile is kind of like more just my <laughs> offstage persona in a way. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the uh, the the tricky thing is I don't know if you have to do any of this is like the banners, you, the banners on social media. Oh yeah, they're all different sizes for every platform. I know, and, I know. And then the, the we have this uh, tricky thing. The one thing I want to really make sure it looked good on my website was that it looks good on not just desktop but also on iPad and mobile. And most people are gonna look at this on their phone these days. Exactly. So that was important because like all my old websites when i coded everything by hand in html i didn't know how to like scale things down just for the mobile you know thing so uh we ended up getting that all working nicely but then tying it back to the social media the banners the social media banners change sizes when you're on mobile and stuff like that oh yeah so i was having such a hard time figuring out how to compose these graphics and get it to work and like certain parts are cropped out and certain parts are you know what they call the safe zone where they're they're always active, mm-hmm. uh, so I ended up using a new program I found because Canva. No, this is called Snappa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to end in an A apparently if you're yeah. any of these social media things. But Snappa gives you the dimensions of each social media like as a template. Yeah. Uh, so all you have to do is you adjust it in their platform. You don't even have to bring it into Photoshop. You just upload things to their template template and then you could click a button and it shows you the work safe zones and the parts that get cropped in certain platforms so it'll chop off the size on mobile chop off the top on you know wet desktop or whatever so you can see what where the active zone is and i was able to really quickly create you know the banners for facebook twitter instagram linkedin all those stuff by just clicking the button by the way facebook has changed their banners many times now even the like the snapper one doesn't work. So that's why I don't have a banner on my Facebook mm-hmm. fan page. But uh because like they have the they move the profile photo from the side to the middle and then like when it's on your mobile the 
it's pretty much your profile thing and anything you have in the banner you can barely even see anyway anyway right. facebook what are you doing i don't know uh, but if you want to use that tool you get a certain number of downloads for free and then you could do like a monthly plan i think i needed more downloads so i just did it for a month which was only downloads like 50 of what bucks of the graphics you make using the template Gotcha. Yeah. 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 Canva is a similar thing, but they make the paywall comes up almost immediately. Oh, so funny. maybe snap is a better. Option. Yeah. And, and you could also do it without snap, but you can actually look up like the dimensions and set up your own Photoshop, you know, with, right. with the exact dimensions and then knowing where the work safe is and changing the cropping and everything that just snap made it so much more easy for me to have that. So anyway, that, that's yeah. been a, but I, what I've been up to, Matt. <laughs> Great pro tips, though. I mean, honestly, just looking at this website is like putting on a clinic for how to how to design a classy website and it's a job well done. And also and also the snapper reference too. I mean, that is a very useful yeah. thing. And it's a rookie mistake to, you know, do it wrong. Yeah, it's a, it can be very time consuming if you yeah if you're trying to figure out that scaling and be like oh I need to crop it a little more then I have to re-upload and everything like that so to get it done in one and I do want to you know give a shout out to all the friends who gave me advice and tips and I, you know a lot of people had uh, input on how I designed this site too of things that are important like even just having like the trusted buy with all the companies that I've actually done to give that kind of uh, uh, credit to you know that these people have booked me and other companies if you want to be like these companies you Mm -hmm. can you can book me too like you know having the major league baseball players association and wells fargo and other names people recognize right um, of course is that social proof almost as well Mm -hmm. uh and then yeah just having the breakdown of the different types of shows uh you know and and kind of using the the wording in it um not to just tell you what you're doing but almost like sell it to you know how you're gonna fill the needs of the client of course i think that's that's the key uh role there i mean stuff you you all knew from marketing class you know studying marketing at school sure yeah yeah although i learned more of it you know from actually doing it you know that's always the case (laughs) (laughs) so anyway if you want to check out ericdittleman.com you could do that. And, you uh, got to be careful if you go to that website because immediately you're just going to be like, all right, sign me up. What can we book this for? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. It looks really, really good. I'm uh, yeah, I'm really happy that it came out like this. It's me really too. great. Great me job. Too. Great and, uh, work. And I'm definitely in booking mode right now. I just did a showcase, a uh, virtual showcase with my agent, Melissa Beer, uh, where we're, you know, we're kind of doing a summer virtual um, thing where – uh, people and clients can kind of see a little bit of the show. So we just did that. And it's, uh, it's always weird showcasing. How did you approach so- showcasing? How you did back, I approach it? Back in like for like our, our college conferences or whatever, where you're, where you're putting yourself at, you have to do it obviously less now, although your show itself in a way is a showcase for any, you know, other clients who want to book you privately. Um, well, it feels but, quite differently, actually. Yeah. Uh, it feels quite different because 90 minutes is not really a showcase. A showcase right. is challenging for me mm-hmm. because you get a limited amount of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So finding and choosing the correct material to fill a certain allotment that's going to sort of, in the best way you can, with a truncated time, like tell the whole story is is the challenge. That's the hardest part for me. Yeah, I agree. And to get you th- that vibe of who you are in that small amount of time is right. always tricky because i i know i have more college conferences coming up in the fall and we're just doing the submission process now so i gotta start about thinking like what am i really gonna be if i'm selected to showcase what i'm gonna be doing and uh you know luckily we're getting a little bit more time because i'm in the variety slot so it used to be just 10 minutes and now it's, they're doing like 20 minutes so a little bit more leeway but then it's also like I really just wanted to kind of do my whole show in a way because that really shows what I do. But, uh, you know, yeah, you're right. Finding finding the truncated version that still projects like like it's almost like a movie trailer. Right. Like, how do you convey a movie to someone Mm. and not give too much away, but also capture the essence? And we know so many movie trailers that you go in thinking it's one movie and it's something completely different and then you're like that trailer kind of was misleading you know so right. i don't know it's kind of how i think about that for showcasing too is you want to be honest and show what it is but not you know 
in, and put your best foot forward and also do your strongest material, but also you want to save your strongest material for your, like your ending, you know? Like, yeah. It's, it's almost like, um, like an algorithm. Like it's like, it's also, there's a, like just a, there's an element of it that's outside of your control based on what came before you, what came after you, what time of day it is, mm-hmm. what mindset the buyers are in. Because yeah. like I've done a handful of showcases, but there was just one in particular at a national one that, um, I know you were there for like, and it just exploded. I was like, why didn't that happen at the previous one? Yeah. And you're doing the same set uh, sometimes. And it's like, oh, it's just the timing that, you know, maybe you were earlier in the weekend rather right. than like last when everyone's exhausted, you know? Right, right. And uh, yeah. And you can't put your finger on what went differently. Or if you followed like three magicians in a showcase versus like, you know, music and comedy and a variety of things. And then you really stand out because like you're saying, like when you're the only one, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like what we were talking about, AGT, mm-hmm. you know, that last round, you know, if you've got a lot of similar things, you're kind of splitting the vote and attention. <laughs> you, know? you know, it's interesting. Yeah, I don't think I'm at my strongest. Like if I were to, you know, let's say at some point I, I had participated in a show like The Illusionist, which I haven't. But if I had like, I don't think that's necessarily me at my strongest because mm-hmm. I'm so used to doing long form shows. Sure. Yeah. Um, I do think America's Got Talent is different, though. Because, mm-hmm. because one would argue I'm good at short form, right? Right, right, right. I mean, you had to do several short form <laughs> spots to be able to win that. Many, show. many, many. Yeah. But um, I do think that's different because there's so much thought. First of all, that's almost like different. Doing five minutes on a TV show is really different than a 15 minute showcase, too. Yeah, yeah. But also, there's so much thought put into um, the the show flow of a, of a television show like that. Right. They put a lot of work and time and thought into as much as they can from week to week into like what the show flow is going to feel like to retain home viewers. Right. When you're doing a showcase, um, you know, at a conference in North Carolina or wherever it is, Nashville, there's there's not as much thought or as um, refined thought uh, put into the order of of uh, operations there. Yeah, a lot of times it's like we have this many number of slots and we just don't want the same act to follow the other act, same acts yeah. type of act and that's about it, right? I think. Yeah, it's like all right, we'll we'll split up this comedian from this comedian and then, you know what I mean? It's yeah, not yeah, it's yeah. it's not as refined. Like you could very well be doing um a mentalism showcase and the MC also does mentalism. Yeah, that's true. It's very <laughs> You know what true. I mean? Uh-huh. Um, so. Which is why it's so funny with those conferences too is because like you see all the magic acts watching earlier showcases to be like, "Oh, I don't want to do anything similar." So if like someone does a mind reading effect that's going to be similar to a mind reading effect that I was planning on doing, it's like, "Well, I got to change gears cuz the audience is going to just assume it's the same thing even though I know it's different, you know? <laughs> to, to that point, I mean, something we talked about earlier hits it home. I mean, there's a danger act that's like in the magic realm on right. AGT right now. There mm-hmm. is a horror thriller type magic act. There's the card guy. And then there's the guy who's good at the presentations that you think might might go more towards the, the mentalism realm. But either way, he's the, the likable presentation guy. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Like there are four distinct personalities that right. they've, for the lack of a better word, casted. You know, mm. with with showcases, you're not you're not dealing with that same um, process. Right, right, and and it's a double edged sword too because you you can feel pigeonholed <sighs> into that stereotype of whatever you're quote casted into, uh, and people kind of expect, oh, now you got to kind of follow that path along the way. Uh, but uh, yeah, in a showcase, you don't really have those roles, so you have the freedom to do what you want. But I think you're doing your own self editing so that you stand out far enough from everyone else as well so a showcase is also different because it's technically not a contest and that changes that's, it too yeah that's true you know that's why i related it to like the illusionist or something like that or sure. any variety show mm-hmm. um you know in, in a way it's a contest uh in terms of a showcase yeah for for buyers you know to, to, to win over the buyers but do you have any um, insight into, like, there's a lot of variety shows in Vegas and how, like, you know, something like Spiegel World puts together their shows? Um, In terms of structure? No, not really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I I've imagine. seen a lot of them and I could probably piece together, but it's it's very interesting to see what types of acts and how they separate them. But, I mean, they're also looking for very unique acts, too, so that, you know, no act is <laughs> similar to each other in the show, so... 
yeah, I think you either got it or you don't in terms of like knowing how to put together a, a variety show. You yeah. know what I mean? I think I, I think I could do it. You know what I mean? Because you mm-hmm. kind of know what you want the show flow to be. And yeah, I mean, I think about it. If you think about it, I do it with my own show. It's just I'm yeah. every act, but like right, I still right, have right. to decide the order of what makes sense. So it's the same thing. I think it's almost easier when you have a cast of different things. Sure. Because there's so much distinction from one to the next. Maybe it makes mm-hmm. the transitions a little harder. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Yeah. But. Well, speaking of variety shows, I will be performing on a couple of variety shows this coming week. Uh, one is uh, the, I'm back at Scam on the 20th. Uh, so if you're in New York, you want to check that out. Uh, I believe um, our, my fr- our friend uh, Eric Jones, from, also from AGT, will be there uh my first time working that venue with him but of course i did the baltimore venue with him uh just recently as well uh but that's different magic acts that are all doing different things rotating around so there's that variety element to it and then also i'll be at uh the rose room at 7 p.m in brooklyn on uh what is it thursday the 24th uh, and you could check that out. Um, and that might be the last time I think they're at that venue. So if you wanted to see that cool, um, you know, variety arts venue that we were at, uh, that was uh, that bar with an amazing stage, uh, you know, come check that out if you're in New York. And then I'm sure it'll find a place elsewhere as well. Uh, maybe maybe in Manhattan. So I don't have to take seven trains to get there. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of uh, stuff on the books coming up. I like it. Yeah, a lot of stuff. And, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, these showcases hopefully will lead to more. The website will lead to more, 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 more. Getting back out in the world, performing. And it's uh, so exciting. And uh, and Matt, uh, do, you have, do you have any shows coming up? Do you do any shows? We are on sale through <laughs> January 2nd at the Link Hotel and Experience in Las Vegas. When you're coming in, you're making a special trip in just to see Dirty at 1230. Stop by the <laughs> Matt Franco Theater. And, uh, and come say hi to us as well. We are, uh, we are excited for, for what, what's going on. I mean, the audience has been fantastic. We'd love to have you be part of it. So please come on in and, and support us. Uh, fantastic. Support live entertainment. Absolutely. Absolutely. And before we go, Matt, let's jump into our goals. My goal last week was to launch the website. Mission accomplished. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> So now um, I've got a I got a lecture coming up that I'm doing for the um, the, the Psychic Entertainers Association. Uh, so I have to just that's my goal is to wrap my head around what I'm gonna be talking about. Hey, me too. Not for that. Yeah, that's well. You had a goal last week of uh, ongoing goal of grabbing footage of the new show. Did you do that? Haven't haven't been able to accomplish that yet. Still working on it though. However, uh, which you- is really. You huh. have been doing press because you were just in um, uh, a magazine, another magazine, right? Yeah, well, we've been trying to hold off on the press until we have the new B-roll, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but just a couple of print things and things yeah, like a that. Yeah, print. So what was yeah, that one? Yeah, check out the Las Vegas Magazine uh, interview we did. It's the first one that's going to actually be physically printed mm-hmm. um, in over a year. Oh, wow. So that was pretty neat. And I meant every word I said in the article. So Nice. Take a you, look at that. I like how you had to specify that. Do you usually not mean every word? <laughs> no, you know, I, uh, you know, I just, uh, I just, no, I always do. I always do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that in another episode, I'm sure, how to approach uh, interviews. But he asked yeah. good questions, I guess that's is my point. Thing. Great. Fantastic. Yeah, he asked good questions. So yeah, we're, we'll get the footage. I'm going to knock on, I'm not going to lean on that as my new goal because like it really is out of my hands at this point. Right. It's just a matter of uh, yeah. our team getting the logistics settled for that. But um, I will say I also have a lecture coming up for a magic thing mm. for Lance Burton's teen seminar, Ah, which that's is online. Fantastic. Teen I never seminar. got to. Yeah, I never got to go to that as a kid. I always known about it since I was a little kid. Um, so this is as close as I'm going to get to uh, going. Will be, you know, a chance to do a little virtual uh, appearance for them. So I'm you excited fi- for that. Finally, get to go as a grown adult to the just teen like Tannen's seminar. Magic Camp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exciting. And I know you and Lance are, you know, friends and buddies. And uh, you know, to have someone you idolized growing up, and then just to have. Him as you know on speed dial is pretty pretty exciting. Yeah, honored to do it. When yeah, when he reached out and said, "Hey, would you do it?" I was like, "Absolute honor. Let's go." 
don't i don't even know the date yet and i'm like i'm in <laughs> <laughs> and i think as a blurb for it, it looks like a great lineup of a lot of really talented people and of course having you there and sharing your wisdom will be really i think great for those teens uh, who are hey, I hope magic so. as well so yeah i hope so it's gonna be uh you know it's gonna be a good time no matter what because uh it always is as, as i've heard since i was a little kid so there it is well i like these goals because they have clear deadlines that have to be accomplished by a certain date <laughs> what is yours what is your deadline mine's like like next week almost i feel yeah. so mine's like, like the first week of july yeah yeah it's soon it's soon so i gotta i'm i'm probably leaning towards like talking about improv because that's been like a book idea in the back of my head that i yeah. want to get to uh so probably to start structuring that and how improv applies to what we do and um all, like the principles from improv and applying them to mind reading, mentalism, magic, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So cool. Be fun. Any idea what you're going to talk about? Or no idea. Yeah. Um, a little bit. Cause I have a couple of moves and stuff. I'm going to teach that are like bluff moves that are fun. I think you oh, saw, I talked yeah. about some of them in a Nemcon. Yeah. I think you showed, yeah. Showed oh, some of those. Those are great. So I got feedback from some of that of like what people really liked. So I'm going to lean into that, mm. you know, for, for the, for the teen seminar great sounds yeah. fun well mm-hmm. lots of things to look uh forward to and uh as always you can check out uh in the the show notes hopefully those links are working on pod apple Podcasts. i know they've been changing things there uh, mm-hmm. but if not uh a quick google will get you anywhere you need uh but uh buy tickets to to matt's show check me out at scam in the rose room and uh, this was a lot of fun. It was, I feel like we had a lot to talk about, a lot to catch up on. And uh, it's always good chatting with you. And I want to, uh, oh, if you want to shoot us an email, I said it at the beginning of the episode, but mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on the socials at mindmagicpod. Uh, but this was a lot of fun, Matt. Thanks, man. Great, great seeing you. Yeah. And thanks to our listeners for listening. And stay tuned for our big 52 episode anniversary coming in a couple weeks. All right, I'll talk to you later. Bye. See ya. Chumbo, the stupidest fuel.